Grace 412 podcast listeners, it is the last episode of this semester, of this season. We are heading into a little life group break before Easter, and we are wrapping up our series finished. We're talking about the gospel displayed through the final words of Jesus. And um, we're studying out these last two words and looking at how until the very end, Jesus was a complete picture of the gospel on display. A couple weeks ago, we looked at the first three statements of Jesus and, and talked about the reality that he was a selfless servant, that he was concerned for those that were harming him and, and, and praying forgiveness over those harming him. He was concerned and cared for the thief right beside him. He pulled him in close. He, he said, today you're going to be with me in paradise. He offered grace and forgiveness to the one that was far off, the one that was uh, messed up and hurting and had nothing to offer. And then lastly, he was still concerned for his own mother. He cared for his family. He served his family. He was looking after her. And then also that he was the perfect priest in still keeping the law until his final breath. And then uh, last week we looked at the next couple of statements and the fact that Jesus was a suffering Savior. He was a sacrificial Savior. He quoted Psalm 22. He fulfilled prophecy. He was obedient to the call that God had placed on his life from the beginning of the world. And then tonight we're going to look at these last two quotes from Jesus on the cross. And we're going to see that he wasn't just selfless. He wasn't just a servant. He wasn't just sacrificial. He wasn't just our Savior, but he is conquering king. We're going to real briefly look at the reality that though Jesus uh, emptied himself completely, though he gave of himself entirely, he was and is in total and complete control of the situation, even in his death, even in his suffering, even in his brokenness. He is in total and complete control. He is a conquering king. And so John chapter 19 and verse 30, most of us have heard this quote about a million times, uh, but we see it here in John chapter 19, verse 30, where it says, when Jesus had received, therefore, the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. That word we, we've talked about before, uh, to tell us die is to bring to an end. It's complete. It's to fulfill or paid in full. And you remember what he's talking about when we looked at it last week, John chapter 19, verse 28, where he says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished and that the scripture might be fulfilled, he said, I thirst. Remember, Jesus first was a selfless servant. He was the perfect priest that kept the law, that could take our place, that could could be the perfect sacrifice for our sin. And thus, he was a suffering savior. We saw last week that he was fulfilling the prophecy he was he he in his life fulfilled more than 300 prophecies about himself in just his 33 years but now he's proving that he is conquering king that he is uh in complete control and he's not just saying my work is finished i did hear what i came here to do but he's saying the redeeming work is finished john 19 28 he says knowing that all these things were now accomplished this, this word finished, to tell us die, it was the word that they would stamp on a debt statement so that people would know that the debtor no longer owed anything, that their debt, therefore, was, was complete. It was brought to an end. It was fulfilled. It was paid in full. And Jesus said, those that will believe the gospel, they are free. They're not 
debtors any longer. The wages of sin, what we owe is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what he meant when he said it is finished. You look at things in chronological order then. Luke 23 verse 45, it says the sun was darkened, the veil of the temple was rent in the midst, and then verse 46, and when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, that's when he said to tell us die, he said, Father, into thine hands I commit thy spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. We're going to go back to that next quote in a minute. But in order, the sky goes dark. Jesus is suffering. He quotes Psalm 22. And then after all those things, he says, I thirst. And then knowing that all the things were over, he says, it is finished. And then we're going to go to the, the next quote in a minute. But look, it says, the veil was torn verse 20 or 45 of, of chapter 23 the veil in the temple was torn the veil for those that don't know or, or maybe need reminding the veil in the temple is what would separate us mankind the the people of israel the the high priest from the holy of holies or the the presence of god the temple is where they would come and they would make sacrifices. Remember, we, we sinned against a perfect and holy God. He created everything, and, and he said, the only thing that you possess is life, and so that's what you owe. You owe your life. But he said, you know what? I'll accept sacrifice instead. And so they would come and, and make animal sacrifices to atone for their sin, and those animals were to be a picture of the sacrifice that Jesus would make once and for all. But even then, when they'd come to the temple, they'd, they'd have to be partially separated from God because it was still a, a temporary atonement. It wasn't, it wasn't quite fulfilled, like it wasn't quite enough, right? It never would be enough because those animals weren't perfect. The sacrifice wasn't perfect. The, the redemption wasn't completely perfect. But then you look at Mark's gospel and the way that he talks about it, he says he cried with a loud voice, Jesus did, and gave up the ghost. And then it says, and the veil of the temple was rent in twain. It was torn in two from the top to bottom. Jesus uh, suffers on the cross, right? He, he uh, experiences those hours of darkness. He quotes Psalm 22. Then he knows he needs to fulfill scripture. So he says, I thirst. And then knowing now that everything was accomplished that he came to do, he says, now it is finished. I'm the perfect prophet, priest, and king. I'm the, the perfect sacrifice. We can now, uh, as, as believers in the gospel, have fellowship with God. And he says, now it is finished. And then from top to bottom, the thing that separated us from God was torn. God did this work. We didn't do it. We couldn't do it. He did it. And that's why Jesus said, it is finished. So uh, application question number one for us, have you believed the gospel? Have you put your faith in Jesus for salvation? To say my sins separated me from God, but Jesus broke down the wall. He broke down the barrier. I know I can have a relationship with God by claiming the sacrifice of Jesus. Have you believed the gospel? And number two, do you still trust the gospel? What is it that you are doing in order to gain favor or status or acceptance or love or approval or, fu or fulfillment, what is it that you're doing that's taking the place of Jesus? What is it that you're finding purpose in that's taking the place of Jesus? See, the gospel says you can never be enough. You can never do enough. You'll never have enough. You'll never, you'll never amount to enough. 
you'll never be perfect enough but but because of, of of jesus sacrifice we can have relationship with god we can have purpose we can have fulfillment we have love we have acceptance we have approval we have favor we have status before god because of jesus and in him we find all that we need and so what is it in our lives that we're doing that's taking the place of Jesus? Have we believed the gospel? And second, do we live like we believe the gospel? You look at the next statement, Luke chapter 23 and verse 45. Again, it says, the sun was dark and the veil in the temple was rent into, it was torn in half. And then it says, when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, that's where we believe he said, it is finished from John chapter uh, uh, 19, I believe it was, we just read. Uh, he says, it is finished. He cried with a loud voice. And when he said that, he said then, Father, into thine hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. He says one last thing. He says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. One last time Jesus says, Father, my life is yours. And then it says, he gave up the ghost. Think about this. Jesus was God. He gave up his own life. He, he proved again he was in complete control. He had already told the disciples way back in John chapter 10, 17. He said, my father loves me because I lay down my life. I might take it up again. He says in verse 18, no man takes my life from me. He says, but I lay it down myself. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it up again. This commandment have I received of my father. Look, Jesus was willing to give his life for the gospel's sake. He he gave it up. No one could take it from him. He he wasn't just brutally murdered on the cross. He sacrificed himself. He had already given all that he had. He had already emptied himself and made himself of no reputation. He had already fulfilled the law and the prophecies. And his final prayer is, is Father, my life is yours. Do with it what you will. In his final breath, he's displaying the gospel still in this final moment where he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Into your hands I give my life. You, you now have control. And then it says he gave up the ghost. So application, practical question for us is what have you committed to God? Have you prayed, Father, my life is yours? John chapter 10, he says in verse 17, I'm giving up my life and I'm going to take it up again. And three days later, right after this, this quote, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Three days after he gives up the ghost, he proves that John chapter 10 quote, correct. He rises from the dead. He proves once and for all, he is the conquering king. This is the most amazing story ever told. And the most amazing thing about it is that it's actually history, that it actually happened. And so for us, the final challenge, the final charge, the final question in this finished series is, do we live like this actually happened? This has been a interesting series because we we haven't really had as many main points or take home practical application um, but as we're about to go on break and as we're about to have summer semester the question for us is do we really really live like we believe the gospel 
See, if we really believe the gospel, then we are saying, God, you are creator of the universe, and I sinned and rebelled against you, and though I did that, you chose to take my punishment upon yourself so that I could have a relationship with you, and now I'm a part of your family. I'm living with an eternal purpose to make much of you. That's what we're saying when we believe the gospel, and so the question is, do we live like we believe that? Do we live like Jesus? Do we live to make much of Jesus? Someone once said, the world has yet to see what God will do with a person fully committed to him. And so if Jesus, even to his final breath, was committed to the gospel, and we've been called to live like Jesus, then man, let's be committed to the gospel. As we selflessly serve, as we willingly sacrifice for the sake of the gospel, so that others would know and glorify God. And as we give our lives to the King of Kings, he is the only one worth giving our lives for. And so let's do that, not just today, not just this week, not just this semester break, but every day of our lives for God's glory. Let's go ahead and have a great week this week, guys. We'll catch up with you after the break. 